Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at ArmorAll.com. ArmorAll, less work, more clean. Terms apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In today's show, we cover the five biggest news stories from the world of Formula One, which this week are more launches with mixed responses, the return of some big names to Formula One, 2026 engine supplies confirmed, the launch of F1 Academy, and the FIA criticism doesn't stop. actually hosting so i'm very glad that you're back this week to continue being a host but it was fun how are you james yeah i'm good i'm good uh still in england i hope this goes okay we don't have our normal recording set up but hopefully it'll be fine and yeah just to confirm you did a great job last week uh, i edited the show so i can say that with authority now uh, sam was a bit ill last week and is even worse now so we wish him all the best and hope he's back firing on all cylinders soon but speaking of cylinders, we do have our resident V10 specialist, James Phillips, back to help us talk through the news. How are you, James? I'm very good, thank you. Uh, that's that's a new one to be called a cylinder specialist. That one. Um, yeah, I'm good. Uh, how are you doing, sir? Uh, good to have you back as well. But also, I have to say, as Abby, uh, you did a brilliant job last week. But, uh, so, in the presence of two fantastic uh, news hosts here. Uh, you're far too kind, but I'm going to be throwing straight back to you uh, because I believe you have our first bit of news for this show. Yeah, and it's a bit of a rant, unfortunately, because it's to do with car launches, but not car launches. 
So we've had a bit of a strange scenario where we had the Red Bull launch, which was a car, but wasn't a car. And it was effectively a glorified Honda, sorry, a glorified Ford uh, unveiling. We then had the Williams unveiling, which was, again, the livery more than anything else. The car doesn't, the Williams doesn't actually make its appearance until next week. We then had Alfa Romeo, who were the, which was the actual car launch, which they managed to leak on the screen ahead of the car being unveiled from the covers coming off. Um, what, what, what are your guys' thoughts on the car launches so far this year? We've had two livery launches and two car launches that actually haven't been full cars. I know that we F1 wants to try and keep secrets where possible, um, and, and you don't want to give rivals an advantage, but the test is what? This Friday, next Friday? They can't design car parts in that, in, uh, in that amount of time. So what are your guys' thoughts on, on the car launches? Because I'm, I, I, I'm a bit miffed, to be honest. <laughs> well... Okay, so we've had Haas, which we spoke about last time, and then Red Bull, like you say. Delivery looks pretty much exactly the same as last year's, just some sponsor names are in some different places on the car. But that launch, it did seem to take quite a while to actually unveil the livery. And I know they were talking to other Red Bull athletes in different sports like fencing and freestyle skiing, and they wanted to focus on Red Bull racing and Red Bull as a sports entity. But for F1 fans, you want to see the livery. So it, I didn't like that it took that long to get to it. And I also thought it was kind of unprofessional that they said that Stefano Domenicali, the CEO of Formula One, was going to be there. And then five minutes later, they said, I'm really sorry, I've just got news that he's not. That seemed a bit strange to me. Um, With Williams, I think that's my favourite livery at the moment, actually. I like that there's less black than last year's car. There's different shades of blue on it more so. And with golf as well, I'm looking forward to see if we have a full golf Williams livery on the entire car. And with Alfa Romeo, I think Sam on Twitter, he commented last night that he's not that keen on it. And I have to agree with him. I don't really like this year's Alfa Romeo with the red and black. I much prefer last year's with the white. But who knows? We've obviously got more to come. So my favourite might be unveiled next week. Yeah, it was like Alfa were trying to organically slide into the Audi livery almost. The Audi colours are red, grey and black. Um, Maybe they're just working their way towards that. At first I thought it was kind of cool, but an Alfa should be red and white for me. I don't know. I mean... It's a bit different. The darker red and black isn't really a combo we've seen much before. But yeah, the contrast isn't as nice, aesthetically anyway. As for the other launches, Red Bull, I mean, everyone knew what it was going to be, but it was impressively similar. Uh, Obviously, they're not going to launch the actual car and a lot of build-up for literally just a couple of stickers changing. The internet ran with it and it's it's the same picture meme from the US office. I mean, it was basically taking the covers off last year's car I agree I, I like the Williams particularly the Duracell being worked into the airbox that's great um, I hope they don't add as much black as happened last year as did most of the grid to be fair as they try to get the weight down but it looks like they've incorporated that into the idea this time hey maybe that's why Alpha changed to red and black yeah I have to say I, I mean I agree I, th- I think in terms of a grey and uh, black livery with with red. I think actually Haas have done that better, but I, I think they've they've done it better. To me, it 
it, it doesn't look, I, I can't really describe what I don't like about that Alfa Romeo livery. It just, it's, it's, Alfa Romeo should not be black. I'm with you. It should be red and white. It's iconic. That's, that's the Alfa Romeo colors, right? Um, and then from Rebel's perspective, it was just a glorified Ford launch, uh, which, which was obviously the worst kept news in the sport. Um, and uh, the Williams, I like. I just wish they showed us a proper car with it as well, but we're not going to see it next week. <laughs> Um, but we've got Mercedes next week, which is going to be good. And hopefully that will um, be, one, again, a proper car. Just going back to Alpha, obviously, it's the first time that white hasn't been on the car since 2018, I think. And Martin Brundle has already said that the C43 with the red and the black, it will be a challenge to actually see it on track, especially if it's like cloudy weather. So he does think that delivery could be slightly different to help make the car more visible because... I agree. I think it will be quite difficult to see because the red, I feel, is darker than last year's red as well. So, mm. And if Ferrari stick with red and black, that could be a bit tricky, certainly for those sitting a bit further away in grandstands. But like James said, nice that it was an actual car, uh, our only one so far. I noticed it had some really interesting ideas on the floor, but uh, which I've later found out definitely won't be on the car because, well, they're illegal. So I'm not sure what the idea there was, I guess, maybe to hide the genuine ideas they do have. No, completely. And to be honest with you, uh, well, one question I do have for you guys is, do you have a spare £400,000? Uh, not on me. Uh, maybe back in Paris if I check behind all the sofa cushions. <laughs> well, I thought I'd just ask the question because if you if you want to have a car that's got the red and white livery of Alfa Romeo, you can you could go and buy the Alfa Romeo show car that's going up for auction and is expected to fetch around four hundred thousand um, pounds. I could probably think of better things to spend my money on. To be honest, I would like a Formula One car in my life, but I've got other things I need to prioritize first. I don't know about, about what you guys think on that one. I feel like it's actually maybe slightly less than I expected, to be honest. I mean, you get some road cars for that kind of money. Uh, I mean, most genuine F1 cars are going to be millions. So, yeah, I mean, there will be takers. We'll say that. Well, I know Schumacher's 91 Jordan was sold at auction a couple of weeks ago or in, in the last 10 days or so. I think that fetched, I think it was just over 2 million. So that's a, you know, but that, you know, that, that for me is a steal because it's Schumacher's first proper car. But moving on from... Uh, from the launches to the worst kept secret in the sport. Ford are back. They're back in Formula One. They partner up with Red Bull and Alpha Tauri. It's going to be a technical partnership. So we've got it. It's a, it's a bit different from the Andretti uh, saga we currently have going on. In terms of what they're actually going to do, we're still very thin on the ground. What Ford have confirmed, it was the new power unit regulations that's brought them in, getting rid of the MGUH because it's so costly. Uh, I won't do a technical breakdown of what that is because I'll send everybody to sleep. But suffice it to say, it does cause a lot of issues with the team. And so, team, sorry, so the F1 shows them to get rid of it. It's one of the reasons Ford have come back. So what Ford want to do is they want to have a technological ex- expertise exchange, and they're doing it for the marketing. I think they're spending something like $50 billion or something I've heard, I've heard on electric vehicles. Uh, and they want to use F1 as a market as a marketing exercise for that. But they'll also help out uh, Red Bull with, en- with, I think, the hybrid part of the engine, specifically the, the electrification side. As part of that drive towards those new, uh, that, that new goal of being of, of electric. So, what do we think, guys, about Ford coming back into the sport? I think it's brilliant. I think it's a really good middle round, middle ground for for Red Bull to go for that doesn't involve Porsche trying to buy fifty percent. They can carry on using their engine that they built using the high the IP from Honda, and then they, they, that doesn't get transferred to Ford. Ford just help out with the electrical side, and you get Ford back in the sport with technical expertise. What do we think? 
I think it's good. Obviously, as you say, Ford have history within motorsport. They were there with Jaguar till 2004 when Red Bull then bought the team. But it will definitely be interesting. I think they're going to like part fund the power units that Red Bull are designing. I will be interesting to see how it affects the playing field of the grid and that. But I'm just excited for them to rejoin F1. I think it's more about the net zero carbon movement of F1. I think with the new regulations, it will be more sustainable fuels and an increase in electrical power. And that's why Ford have joined again. But it's just an exciting new chapter for motorsport and F1, really. Yeah, it's definitely good to have the Ford name connected with the sports again. We could get Ford versus Ferrari again, maybe one day. It'll be interesting to see the transition because uh, it still felt like last year Honda, well, not that they were running the show because it's obviously Red Bull powertrains, but whilst Red Bull took a lot of stuff from elsewhere, particularly Mercedes, you can't just create an engine manufacturer from the ground up that quickly. So it seems like there's still been a fair amount of Honda help coming in. So how the transition from that to a totally different entity in Ford over the next three years, yeah, well, it'll be interesting to see whether they experience some teething problems or, yeah, we'll, we'll just have to wait and find out. But yeah, great to see Ford back. Ford versus Ferrari, maybe Ford versus Cadillac. There's some interesting stuff on the horizon. What I quite like about it, to be honest as well, is it seems like Ford will be the manufacturer this time because back in, when they were back in the sport from 1967 to about 2013 on and off, it wasn't actually Ford who built the engines properly, fully. It was Cosworth. So to have Ford this time as the main manufacturer is going to do such good for the sport and re-raise Ford's profile. Um, this sad Cosworth are coming back in. I would have liked to see them back in the sport because they have so much history with F1. But for sure, it's as you say, Abby, it's a really exciting new chapter. Well, speaking of Ford producing the engines and that for Red Bull, the 2026 Engine suppliers have all been confirmed, the six different engine suppliers. And Ben Saleem has said that having six suppliers is a testament to the strength of F1, and he is grateful for their confidence of the world-leading automotive manufacturers. Now, obviously, we know Ford will be with Red Bull. We have Audi with the Sauber Group. We have Alpine Racing, Ferrari, Mercedes, and Honda. So despite Honda departing from Red Bull in 2025, they will still be an engine supplier in F1 from 2026 until 2030, I believe at the moment, but they don't have a team partnership yet. Who do you guys think Honda could partner up with? Because a lot of the teams already have an engine supplier on the grid. So I'm interested to see who they partner with, if they're still going to be in F1. So I've been a bit sad. And uh, I've actually thought about this quite a lot over the last couple of days, trying to think of think who it is. There are only, in my opinion, two teams left on the grid who could take that Honda engine. So starting off, Red Bull and Alfa Tauri, they're locked in with Ford from 2026 onwards. Alfa Romeo will lose their Ferrari deal and will become Audi. End of story, right? Mercedes and Aston Martin will use Mercedes power. I cannot imagine Aston Martin wanting to go to another supplier. If they do, it will be someone other than Honda for obvious reasons. Uh, you have Haas and Ferrari running uh, those engine, running Ferrari engines, and Haas won't move, lose their Ferrari deal. Then you've got Alpine, who will continue to remain with Renault Power. Obviously, they are the works uh, team. That'll never happen. So the only two teams left on the grid who can take that engine are McLaren and Williams. Williams, I can see using the Honda engine because they don't need investment anymore, and I think it would be great to have the works team 
uh, you know, Williams can use that as a works team to build themselves back up the grid. McLaren, even though Honda are in a very different place, that was a diabolical uh, partnership. Miscommunication galore. And I think maybe the wounds are still a bit too raw. McLaren are still recovering from that experience. I, 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 that's where my, that's where my head is, guys. I, I think it's going to be Williams. I cannot see it being anybody else. Or it could be Andretti, or it could be Panthera. Should they come in? That's my view, personally. I've been expecting a Williams Renault revival, albeit Alpine, until this curveball of Honda coming back in. Williams Honda. It's a successful partnership from the eighties, so we could get a different bit of nostalgia there. But yeah, I don't know. Andretti Cadillac, would they then throw Honda into that mix as well? Gets a bit convoluted. But then equally, Cadillac aren't ready to make an F1 engine yet, you'd imagine. Panthera, who knows? Well, with Williams, I seem to remember that Mercedes were talking about dropping one of the teams that they supply the engines for. And I think Williams was the most likely candidate for that. So that would then make them available for Honda. But likewise, with the applications for new teams open... Um, Andretti could definitely be on the grid in 2026 and like you said James if Cadillac isn't ready to do the engines then Honda could easily go there as well I think in IndyCar am I right thinking that Honda are the supplier for Andretti or am I getting mixed up because there's there's only a couple of teams on the grid there are only a couple of engine supplies in IndyCar Chevrolet and Honda that's it so you'd expect that there's an existing relationship there already we don't know what General Motors want to do with Cadillac and Andretti. That, that's the reason why they've got such hostility to, towards them coming into the sport. There's no idea. Is it just a is it a cynical marketing exercise? We know Ford obviously are making a full engine, but they are significantly helping Red Bull with the technical expertise. So I think Honda is probably the more realistic option for Andretti with Williams, as you say. I think, as you say, James, Williams were a big force in the 80s. Uh, in the early 80s and they won titles together so I, th- I-, I can see it happening definitely well it's the future engine sorted kind of but what about the future drivers Abby could there be some FEMA ones maybe there definitely could so obviously the F1 Academy has been in the news recently because it has officially launched and it is a all-female feeder series going into F1 and it sits below Formula 3. So the women that progress from the F1 Academy will then go into Formula 3 to Formula 2 and hopefully in Formula 1 one day. And the series will consist of five teams with three drivers each, so 15 drivers in total. And the teams are ART Grand Prix, Carlin, MP Motorsport, Prima and Campus Racing. So all current feeder series teams. And it will be a series of seven races with at least one being on a Formula One Grand Prix weekend to raise the exposure of the F1 Academy. And two drivers have been officially announced. We have Lena Burra, who will be racing for ART Grand Prix. She's previously raced in Freca and the F4 Spanish Championship. And we also have Bianca Bustamante, who will be racing for Prima. And she was a former W Series driver. But obviously, we all know that W Series is a little uncertain as to whether it will be returning. But Bianca does have a drive for Prima in F1 Academy. So it's very exciting that this is actually taking place and there are plans to actually progress with it. I think F1 are contributing 2.25 million euros towards the series, which is a good thing to see. So hopefully we will see some female drivers in F1 one day. I hope so. I really hope so. And it, it, it's good to see that the Formula One is taking its its responsibility here so seriously. 
Um, after the collapse of W Series, I was really concerned that we wouldn't have a series that helps women get onto on, onto the grid. But not to have uh, to have that now, and to have such prestigious names in junior motorsport. Now, these are these aren't exactly small names, Carling and ART. They're well known, and that means that these these uh, these young women are going to be really prepared for for Formula One. So I really I'm really keen to see how this how the series goes. Having Formula One contribute. Two point, you know, what was it? What did you say? Two point two, two point three million. It's a huge amount of money to for for the series for its first year, and I'm really looking forward to seeing what they do, and hopefully seeing some more women in F three and F two in the in, in the coming seasons. It's a really positive step. I know there's been some criticism online because it's still a segregation of sorts. I think it's necessary segregation. I mean, it clearly wasn't working beforehand. It, it's not like women were banned from Formula One and the junior series in the past. It's just that there were no opportunities provided. So this is just a great way to draw attention. And I think the W Series has been amazing. It's It's been groundbreaking, but this has a clearer path for the girls to progress onto the motorsport ladder. I think it looks very promising. And as you both said, having those big names in it, again, it's, it's just that clear path. You know, if Jamie Chadwick had been in Prima dominating the W Series, you look at Prima in F3 and F2 and say, surely you're going to give her a chance as opposed to her trying to find a spot on a very coveted, well-contested grid. So yeah, promising overall. And uh, it's good to see F1 putting its money where its mouth is. But whilst we've just been complimenting F1, finally this week, well, it's yet more criticism of the FIA from the drivers and the team bosses. First, Alex Albon became the latest driver to question the decision to censor the drivers when it comes to political statements and so on, saying, on a personal side, it is somewhat confusing. We were very much for We Races 1, and now it seems like the FIA are trying to go away from that. So we need to be open in dialogue about what they're trying to do. But of course, we need to be able to speak freely with who we are and the engagement we have to our fans and people who watch Formula One. A lot of people look to us as spokespeople for issues around the world. Now, I don't want to rehash too much what we've spoken about in the past, but it's another voice uh, saying, to be honest, I think what we all think, no? Exactly. And I think Domina Carly has now come out and said that F1 will never put a gag on drivers. And having this platform where they can speak about issues and raise awareness is a good thing. And I completely agree. I get that the FIA might want to keep their neutrality, but at the end of the day, there are so many issues around the world and these drivers have this platform, they have their voices, they have this outreach. So why not use it? Because it will help raise awareness. And it's, for me, just seeing them do what they've done recently with We Races 1 and Vettel doing lots of things, Hamilton. Seeing that, that is a positive thing because it it doesn't not benefit anyone. It is a huge advantage. So I completely agree with the driver's views on why the FIA are doing this. And then we've lost We Races 1. So we had that, it was a fantastic platform and the FIA killed it, which I don't understand why they did that because it was doing a lot of good. And I'm completely with you, Abby. Drivers should be free to express themselves and express their, their support for certain causes. To try and silence them like this is ridiculous. And then you, then also to have the head of Formula One come out and say, I don't want to silence my drivers. It just it just shows the disconnect that there is still, there still is, sorry, between the FIA and Formula One itself. And I, I, I just, I really do not understand how this relationship between Formula One and the FIA can continue in its current guise because 
they are communicating clearly because they're, they're having to over these, should we call them gaffes, but it's not changing anything. And we still have different lines coming from different organizations. Formula One is, should be in, under a unified body. At the moment, it's, it's a bit fragmented. In terms of the FIA's neutrality, it's not like the drivers are asking them to say these things. They're saying it off their own backs. It's coming from them. And like you say, this is just uh, another layer to the F1 versus FIA civil war onion, isn't it, that we're going to see play out through the season. And this comes a few days after an anonymous team boss speaking to the BBC said about Ben Suleim, everyone thinks he's got to go. That is definitely the general view. That's pretty damning. Staying anonymous, obviously, but it's it's clear where people stand. Yeah, and now Ben Slayham has given up hands-on control of Formula One, according to reports, that he will remain the president of the FIA, but Nicholas Tombezi will be the director of the single-seater racing, dealing with F1 and its teams in the day-to-day contact of the sport. Spicy news. I guess that does show that the teams did want Slayham gone. And I think to have Nick... Nicholas now controlling the, the single side seats of things. He's a known quantity to the drivers. So that should hopefully give a bit, bit, bit more confidence to the team. Um, and we'll hopefully see what happens there. Well, yeah, that is a massive bit of breaking news as we're recording. We'll have to wait and see what effect it has. But on that bombshell, I think we'll have to call it a day. Thank you for listening. Be sure to head over to FormulaNerds.com and all the Formula Nerds socials to find out the latest on that and any other stories. We'll be back this weekend with the Cut to the Race podcast and hopefully by then Sam will be feeling up to joining and delivering the outro line which he now claims to have come up with. Uh, So don't worry, guys, I'm not putting that on you this time. I'll just say thanks for joining me. I'm glad we don't have to come up with an outro. We can leave that for Sam. But thank you for having us. Seconded. Always a... No, I'm not going to say that. It was... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it is always a pleasure. Uh, But for now, nonetheless, I guess it is lights out, mics off, and away we go. Until then. Bye-bye. You're listening to the Cut to the Race podcast. It's lights out, and away we go. Podcast Network.